Welcome back to the program. We are glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Back at it. Got to say thanks to our friends at Steady, second to National Walker's Point, and beginning tomorrow, once again, the shovels start running over to American Family Field. So if you're looking for a place to go, grub down on some of the best wings you're ever going to put in your grill, and then head on over to the ballpark with the shuttle and not have to worry about driving or anything like that, let them do it for you. That is our friends down at Stenny's, the best sports bar in all of Milwaukee. That's Stenny's, second to National Walker's Point, and tell them we sent you. Good, good stuff. Uh, joining us now over on the hotline, let's talk a little uh, Packers football, shall we? We're going to talk with our buddy Rob Reichel of Conley Media, Forbes.com. You can read his stuff there. Rob, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. How you doing, Billy? I am doing good. I'm sucking up the last few days of uh, Packerless camp and uh, getting uh, getting myself ready for what then will be the inevitable. That's the end of summer and into football season. So that's kind of mentally where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's too bad our summers end in you know late July, unlike <laughs> right. unlike un, 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 unlike so many others who our, our kids who trickle into September. But it is what it is, and 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 we all can't wait for it to arrive. What is we were talking about this yesterday? What is let's say circle the most concerning aspect of the Green Bay Packers heading into training camp? Well, I mean, without without a doubt, it's gonna it's gonna be the pass game, and who emerges there, right? I mean, he. He being Aaron Rodgers has had a proven number one. Billy, as as you well know, every you know every game that that he's you know played since taking over as, as the starter in in 2008, and and the baton has always been passed from you know one really outstanding, terrific Pro Bowl level talent to the next. Whether that was you know Driver going to Jennings, and then and then Jennings to Nelson, and 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 eventually Adams, um, and 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 not only. And not only a stud number one, Bill, but, you know, deep down the depth chart, for the most part, Rodgers has had two, three, four really good options most years. That's, that's changed a little bit here the last couple of years when Devontae Adams became the primary focal point and, you know, was, was getting a third or 40% of the targets most weeks. Um, but but without without question, Bill, who, I mean, who's going to emerge of the, you know, among that wide receiver group? Or, or are we talking about a season, Bill, where Aaron Jones leads them with 65 catches and, and then Lazard has 50 and Christian Watson has 40 and, and Sammy Watkins has 40 and, you know, Romeo Dubs and Cobb each have 30? Could it be one of those kind of years? It, it absolutely could. Um, you know, and, and, and I didn't even mention Tunyon, it, you know, that if, if he can make a recovery, maybe he's a 40 to 50 catch type of guy too. It could be one of those years, Bill, where, you know, they have five, six guys between let's call it 30 and 60 catches rather than just a dominant guy up top. Um, but, but, but that without question, as we head to training camp is the number one issue, the number one concern, can they get it done in the air? to the same level or even close to the same level uh, with DeMonte Adams now in Las Vegas and, and MVS, obviously, in, in Kansas City. It's, 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 it's the number one question, I think, as we head to training camp, Bill, and, and, and it's one that I think is going to linger and trickle through most of the season. See, I agree with you on spreading the ball around. I think that's the way they're going to get it done. There's obviously going to be one guy or two guys that emerge as trustworthy to Aaron Rodgers, but I really believe that's the way they're going to get it done. I don't think there's going to be that dominant guy. I think it's just going to be a lot of dink and dunk. The biggest concern for me when it comes to the pass game, Rob, is not necessarily moving the football in-game. It's moving the football in, say, if you're down by 10 or down by a score, two minutes to go, and you've got to get that one guy you trust downfield. Where's he going to go, you know? 
I'm with you 100, percent and and not just in those situations, Bill. But but you know, I mean, all that matters to Packer Nation at this point in time is the postseason, right? And 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 do they have the weapons in the pass game when they line up against you know Tampa Bay's ridiculously good front seven and and pretty solid secondary? Uh, do they have the weapons in the pass game when they see the 49ers in the playoffs again? And what's obviously another elite defense. If, if they line up against the Rams and, and, and what's a top five or eight defense right there, do they have the weapons in the pass game, Bill? Uh, you know, when we get to the playoffs, um, and, and they should be in the playoffs, no question about it, to, to beat a team like that. I, I think the ground game is going to be outstanding. I think the, I think the defense is going to be really good. But, but you hit a key point there. At some point in time against these high-level teams and high-level defenses, you find yourself down a touchdown or maybe two scores, and you've got to get it done through the year. I mean, is that group of Lazard and Watson and, and Cobb and Amari Rogers and Sammy Watkins and, and Tunyon, is that group good enough? right to move the ball with a minute 10 left and you're down a touchdown to the Rams. My guess right now, Bill is, is it's not, um, but that's what this group's going to have a chance to prove over, you know, over the next four five, six months, they can, they can prove a lot of people wrong. The average person right now thinks this is, you know, and, and certainly the NFL executives and scouts think this is one of the three or four worst groups of, of pass catchers that have kind of been assembled as we head to training camp, Bill. But but that's going to be on these guys to prove all these people wrong. Talking with Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media as well. Numerous books about the Green Bay Packers. You can follow him on Twitter at Rob Reichel. So the other area, I think, at least for myself, probably concerning, defensively on paper, everybody healthy, I think it's a really good defense. I think there's a couple of areas of depth, obviously, we can discuss. But the offensive line, the protection of Aaron Rodgers, when you get Elton Jenkins back, how how does David Bakhtiari come back? The depth of that offensive line, if those two, those two guys cannot come back and be productive, that's when I think it really starts to get concerning. So that if you're going to go 1A and 1B, it might go hand-in-hand hand with that offensive line. No, I'm I'm with you. That that that's certainly to me number two. Bill is is the questions on on the, on those two guys being Bakhtiari and Jenkins. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, Jenkins being five years younger than than Bakhtiari um, did not need a second surgery. I, I I think the odds that you see on Elton Jenkins return to his pre-injury fo- form are are, are going to be greater. Uh, in terms of him having Pro Bowl level success again than a guy like David Bakhtiari. I, Bill, I, I, I think that it remains one of the crazier, goofier, more covered up hidden stories um, around the Green Bay Packers that, you know, I, I've seen here in the last, you know, 15 or, or 20 years. They've, they've been unbelievably tight lipped with his progress and how things are going. You know, he obviously came out at the end of last season and, you know, said, I think his, you know, his knee was drained 15 out of 17 weeks in terms of, of taking fluid during the regular season. And one of his nurses at one point told him she's, she's never seen more fluid come out of a knee than, than what his had. He, he, he needed that second surgery in, in early December, uh, you know, made it back for those 27 snaps against the lions in, in week 18, but then two weeks later, couldn't go uh, in the playoff game. Uh, Bill, even you know, even when I think of Matt Lafleur's final press conferences before everybody went away for the summer here, 
and and he was asked about it. He you know he wasn't at all concrete about David Bakhtiari being on the football field and 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 just going full bore when we get to training camp here next Wednesday. So all eyes are going to be on number sixty nine and in in his progression. Um, you know if he can make it back even near the Pro Bowl level player he was. I mean I mean Bill here was a guy who was probably on track with three or four more really outstanding seasons to wind up in the hall of fame. And now his, his career is undoubtedly at a crossroads and, and, and really, uh, you know, Bill, he's, he's so dominant at his position. Uh, and I think Elton Jenkins can be a top 10 left tackle, but the fall off from where Bakhtiari was bill most of 2020 to, to, to a guy like Jenkins, who's really good or, or, or even Yash Neishman over there is, is still going to be pretty dramatic. So, they, they undoubtedly need Bakhtiari to return to even 80 or 90% of what he was pre-injury, Bill, if, if, if any Super Bowl aspirations that they have are going to come true. Okay, now I wanted to get into the article you wrote. Uh, we went through the offense. Defensively speaking, uh, you talk with cornerback uh, Jay Alexander, who is extremely confident coming back. He's ready to go, and he says, this is going to be the best secondary in football. Mark my words. How close to being correct will he be? I think he's going to be pretty close, Bill. I, I'd be surprised if that's not a top five pass defense when it when it's all said and done, and it, and it easily could be the number one the number one pass defense. I mean, they haven't had three corners this good since that 2010 Super Bowl team, which was obviously led by Charles Woodson and Tremont Williams. I mean, they they were deep that year and 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 outstanding. The, the safety play probably on that 20 team was, was a little bit better because I I think Nick Collins was better than anybody they have right now. But this, this Emo Savage pairing, you know, ranks among the top eight, I would say, Bill, in, in football. And I, I think it's the best trio of corners that probably any, anybody has in the league. What, what's going to be fascinating to me, Bill, is, you know, how, how, how they run and work these guys. Who, who's the slot guy? Who's playing outside? I mean, because the, the majority of – of, of each of these corners' careers has been spent outside, uh, you know, with, with Stokes, with, with Alexander, and with Douglas. They, they, they've all primarily been outside guys. Somebody's going to probably have to jump in there and, and be that star guy, that, that, that inside slot corner. Now, I, I guess there's an outside chance it could be, you know, Keyson Nixon, who they, who they signed from Las Vegas here in, in the offseason. He, he's a nifty little slot corner himself. Um, but then you're taking one of those other guys off the field. And, and I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think when we talk about Alexander and Stokes and, and Douglas, they're all going to play 90, 95, a hundred percent of the snaps, most games that, you know, barring injury bill. Uh, but those three together um, should have the ability and the potential to, to take, let's say bill a, a passing game that comes to Lambeau field, averaging 275 yards a game and hold them to 200 or two and a quarter. I mean, 20, 30% less than the numbers they've, they've been putting up through, through most of the year, because not only are they really good in back bill, but they're going to get after people. Um, you know, my dark horse prediction for defensive player of the year in the league is Rashawn Gary. I think he's going to have 15 sacks or more. Um, I think he's going to challenge the Watts and the Bozas of the league, you know, for, uh, for the, for the sack total. So, you know, when, when, when you start talking about that front seven bill, you know, Preston Smith and, and the guys up front, you know, the, the, the addition of Devonte Wyatt, they're going to get after people. These guys in back are not going to have to cover for four or five seconds. Um, it, it, it should be an outstanding pass defense bill. So to Jair Alexander's point about mark his words it, it's going to be the best secondary in football i think when we get to the, the start of january bill the numbers are going to line up and 
and and and and there's a really good chance he's going to be right. Hey, uh, Rob, when, when you talk about the defensive front helping the secondary, how deep? Because I remember go, go back to 2010. They had Howard Green, they had C.J. Wilson, B.J. Raji, Ryan Pickett, Cullen Jenkins. They had formidable beef up front. Dom Capers liked to rotate those guys in, and that made a difference. He talked about big, fresh guys up front. Is this team, with the new additions and with Jerron Reed picking up in the offseason, is this team that style of defense that they can put enough pressure up the gut to be able to help out the corners, help out the safeties, and also help out the outside edge rushers to have this defense truly be a formidable defense? On paper, Bill, without a doubt. I mean, you drew the perfect comparison right there in, in terms of 2010, in terms of that level of depth and 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 that remarkable quality of talent. I, I think people forget just how good Colin Jenkins was you know, B.J. Raji, that 2010 season, arguably, you know, was his best. C.J. Wilson was an emerging player. Howard Green gave him, uh, you know, a, a remarkable 10 weeks after they picked him up off the street uh, midseason. And they are just as deep right now. When, and, 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 and I think you hit a key point, Bill, in terms of the rotation system. You know, we've had, we've had a few years here over the last five seasons, I would say, where Kenny Clark snaps are in that 85% range, and that's just too much. You know, in a perfect world, Kenny Clark's going to play about two out of every three snaps, and now you get to the fourth quarter, and and that guy is completely fresh, and, and he's got his legs, and, and, and he's running down quarterbacks and, and taking away rush alleys. Um, really, with, with very little fanfare, they you know, they signed Jerron Reed um, in, in the offseason. And, and, Bill, I, I think that, that's going to turn out to be kind of one of the sleeper signings maybe of of the entire offseason when it's all said and done i mean that's a guy his first five seasons in in seattle was was pretty darn good certainly really good bill from 2018 to 2020 i think he had almost 20 sacks in in those three seasons combined didn't do a ton last year with kansas city but bill that the, really a key number on on jaron reed is the majority of his his career he, he's been in that 75 percent snap category himself where he's a guy who doesn't come off the field a, a whole lot so so now you start talking about the depth that they have there with Lowry and Clark and Reed and and Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slayton who should should be much improved in in his second season um even Jonathan Ford the the rookie they drafted if, if he winds up making the roster I mean Bill these guys snap counts should be about two-thirds or three-quarters of what they've had to be at and, and the amount of snaps they've had to play over the last few seasons. And now we talk about the fourth quarter when, you know, you want these guys to be really fresh. There's no reason they shouldn't be. Uh, Rob, great stuff as always. Looking forward to uh, all, obviously the coverage beginning next week as the Packers hit the training camp field. And uh, we'll keep touching base all throughout the season, man. I appreciate it. We got about a week left to play golf, Billy. Hopefully, you can uh, get out there and, and swing the clubs a little. I'm swinging them tomorrow, as a matter of fact. I got one more tournament to play in, and then uh, I think we are uh, hanging up for the most part for the remainder of the season. Good stuff, Rob. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you. There you go. Rob Reichel joining us uh, on the hotline. You can find him on Twitter at Rob Reichel. Forbes.com, Conley Media, numerous books covering the Green Bay Packers, but uh, you can read the article that he wrote about to Jair Alexander. Uh, really solid stuff, and Jair really believes they're going to be the best, the best in football, the best secondary in football. You can find his stuff there. Good, good stuff. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, come back. A lot more to get to. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. 
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Looking for a career, not just a job, but a career. Good company. You're going to grow with them, learn from them. It's going to take care of you in the uh, in the long term. That is a company called Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com, Pindell.com. If you're looking for a job, if you're looking for a career, if you're looking for an opportunity to further, that's the way to go. Go to Pindell, a quality machining and manufacturing company right here in the state of Wisconsin. Go to Pindell.com, P-I-N-D-E-L, Pindell.com. That is Pindell. Dot com. Good, good stuff. Thanks to Rob Reichel for joining us for a couple of minutes. It's, it's always good. Always good to get some chat in. Talk a little Packers football. Uh, by the way, the update over on Twitter uh, regarding the Milwaukee Brewers. What are the Brewers closer to being is our poll question of the day. World Series contenders or out of the playoffs? 207 votes in, uh, well, about 40 minutes now. Uh, has uh, kind of uh, resulted so far, anyway, in 79.2% of you, 79.2, saying that the Brewers are closer to being out of the playoffs than they are a World Series contender. Out of the playoffs. Think about that. Um, the uh, By the way, the speaking of the NFL, uh, the Arizona Cardinals and quarterback Kyler Murray have now agreed to terms on his contract extension, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. So uh, Kyler Murray, who he he's been very outspoken and unhappy with his current deal, and I understand it because he has put up some decent numbers. But the problem with Kyler Murray is one. He thinks he's all that in a bag of chips, and he's not. Two, he has put up really good numbers in the first half of seasons. He was an MVP candidate out of the shoot last year. Down the stretch, not so much. After the injury, not so much. He has been a whiner. He has been a finger pointer. He's incredibly talented, but he has not put a whole season together. I don't know what the contract extension is going to be, we don't have the numbers on it just yet, but uh, but he's, he's going to cash in. Uh, I just don't know how much. But apparently he has come to terms with the Arizona Cardinals. So there you have it. 877-867-1670. Uh, Mike says, Rob Reichel, always a great interview. Uh, David also says regarding the Packers, everybody knows they're going to miss Devontae Adams, but uh, geez, when will everyone acknowledge all the players that they kept because he left? Uh, that a potentially strong draft, I think they are a better team now than they were uh, only six months ago. I don't know about better in the sense of more equipped to move the football, but certainly a better team top to bottom. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. You're You're right. Mike also said, I cut the cable back in March, so I only watch the Brewers games on YouTube. And two games 
at a relative's house. It's made those four games really special to watch. But, Mike, here's my point. You're not running out and buying tickets because you can't see the Brewers, right? The old adage was, if you can't see it, you'll buy tickets to catch it in person. It doesn't work that way anymore. Doesn't work that way anymore. People just say to hell with it. It's just, it's a different world. Uh, let's go to the phone calls. Let's go to Bill listening to us out in Madison. Bill, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? I'm pretty good. Glad you had a good vacation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Probably good to be back, but good to go, too. Yep. So, it's great to get know, away for a little while and charge the batteries. After that, then you're ready to go. Other than if you listen to the Brewers a little bit while you're gone, it was frustrating, right? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it, too. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I'm listening to all this stuff, and I just keep going back to a couple things. Uh, One thing I keep going back to is Dick Bennett. And basically in February, before the Final Four run, everybody down in Madison wanted it fired. I mean, almost everybody. And then he goes and wins two games in the Big Ten tournament and goes on on a four-game winning streak in the NCAAs. And I mean, so from February, everybody wants retired. And in November, when he quits, everybody's screaming like, oh, my God, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. It's just like everybody's so emotional. And, you know, the Brewers, they did get on a hot streak back in 18. They didn't have rain games to make up. They had almost every Thursday off. I mean, they were several games behind the Cubs, and they ended up tying the Cubs with their hot streak and the fact that they didn't have to play every day because mm-hmm. we had the dome. And I'm not saying that we don't want to add stuff, but – you know, they've put together competitive teams, and we haven't had competitive teams since Bud Seelig ran it, not when his daughter ran it, not when somebody else ran it. And I, I, I think we have to recognize that we're not getting the top players, and we have to hope, you know, maybe we pick up a bat. I agree, I'd love that, or two. But don't we just have to, we have to hope for that hot streak. It's just the way it is. You're right. Uh, th- this team is not going to be able to maul their way through any type of a postseason. I agree with you. You're, you're going to have to get hot at the right time, and hopefully that happens with the last series of the season and it continues in the postseason. I mean, a lot of teams have to get hot and healthy and, and do things right at the right time. I agree with that, but I think more so for this team because they don't have the consistency at the plate that some of the other teams do. I mean, I would love to have three guys – hitting 290 or 300 or even one guy hitting over 300. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I, I would too. I mean, it's, I, I get a little frustrated. I'll admit I get a little frustrated that we can't put the, you know, put the ball in play a little more. Um, but I also, you know, I, I, and I would like to see the team built different, but it's not my team. And I mean, it is my team, but it's not, you know what I mean? Right. And it, I still think we do well. I mean, we're above 500, and we're playing poorly. It's kind of like the Packers that first year of the, they were 13-3 and three where we were all just cringing going into the playoffs, and they lose to San Francisco. And I kind of feel the Brewers are that way, too. We're just not quite as good as our record indicates. I think that they have had, obviously, the, with the unbalanced schedule, they've had some luck playing bad teams in their own division. 
I think they've won some games they shouldn't. They probably lost a couple they shouldn't uh, either. I mean, they are kind of who we thought they were. But the biggest thing, and I agree with you 100%, is they don't have consistency. It's kind of all, and we've talked about this time and again throughout the season. It's all or nothing with the Brewers. And appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much, Bill. Uh, it's all or nothing, which is the reason that at this point in time, if I'm the Brewers, if I'm David Stearns, my, my search is for that consistent bat or two that is going to continually set the table and extend innings and such offensively for guys that do get hot, like Rowdy, like, you know, um, Christian Yelich, who's been able to get on base more often than not, uh, at least more so here in, in recent history, than it is the power numbers of the home run. Hopefully Hunter Renfro comes back and picks up where he left off and gives you better numbers in the second half of this, the unofficial second half of this season, because he was actually smoking the ball pretty good too before he went down with the injury. So hopefully you get a few of those guys going and you get your catching battery back to full health and, and stable again. You get all of that going. Then I think you got a legitimate shot. But I think you need a bat or two that are going to be more stable, more consistent in the lineup. Now, the question is, who are you pulling out of the lineup? Obviously, you'd like to go center field. You'd like to go. Uh, Colton Wong has got to give you a better second half of the season. He's just He just has to. Colton Wong, that, that whole lineup was so good. When Colton Wong was leading off and he was consistent, you had uh, Christian Yelich batting third. He had more RBIs. The table was set for him more often. Or at the very least, it was allowing runners to be at first and third with Christian Yelich and such. More runs driven in and or more table being, tables being set for the guys at four, five, and six. It just it seemed to flow better. Uh, so you got to if there's one guy you got to circle to say hey you really need to pick it up I think it would be Colton Wong. Uh, give us a shout we would love to hear from you we got a lot more to get to when we come back stay tuned this portion of the program brought to you by our friends last night the wrestling taco had a good crowd right there on 84th Street in West Dallas uh, before and after the cream puff 5k but also because people were stopping in uh, checking out the wrestling taco getting a margarita getting some tacos and such and then heading over to the Wisconsin State Fair Park for Wednesday Night Live still stop in if you're going to the Brewers game you're heading through West Dallas down Greenfield stop make that go a little bit south on 84th Street couple of blocks and right there on the corner, you're going to find the wrestling taco, margarito, tacos, burritos, enchiladas, really good stuff. Marcus, Nicole, they do a great job in that place. Very, very friendly people. They welcome you in. That's the wrestling taco in West Dallas. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. place good stuff gonna be on the bout tonight or over the weekend they got a lot going on check out boondocks right up there in stone bank stone bank is where it is really an oconomowoc but you can uh, you can check it out uh more than just bbq is what they listed as and they've got a lot of uh different events going on and such right now but uh our friends at boondocks great place and that patio that they uh redid is absolutely fantastic Fantastic. County Road K in Oconomowoc, uh, Stone Bank technically, but uh, Oconomowoc. Stop in, tell uh, Tom and Stacy and everybody that, uh, you know, hey, we, we stopped in, we want to try it, and we heard it on the Bill Michael Show. They love that. The hottest barbecue, beer restaurant, and, and bar right there in Lake Country offering house-smoked meats, 
Going to make your mouth water. Oh, yeah, big time. This one's from Jan, who said uh, a couple of things. First of all, she said uh, she voted on the uh, on the poll question. I believe the Brewers are going to be closer to World Series contenders. They're going to make one or two moves. The bats are going to come to life. They will be hot at the right time. I think they're on their way to a World Series, and that would then free up uh, free up David Stearns to become a free agent if he chose to do so. Correct? Yes, that is 100% correct. She also says, uh, are you going to the Jackal concert uh, with your lovely bride, which uh, is Kristen, and not, we're not married, but, uh, but we are together. So not the bride, but we are together uh, up, in, uh, up in Tomahawk. We will. Now, uh, for those that did not know, big year this year up in Tomahawk at uh, Gangster's Park. Bonnie and Clyde Bankster, Gangster's Park. Oh, I'm telling you. Nice place to go. Right up there in Tomahawk. And uh, they uh, on that Saturday night of the Tomahawk Fall Ride, Jackal is playing. So Jackal's playing down here, I believe, at the Harley Museum the night before our motorcycle ride during the uh, hometown rally. And then they're coming back to Wisconsin, this time to Tomahawk, Wisconsin, to play Bonnie and Clyde's. So going to be cool. Going to be a cool event. Uh, looking forward. As a matter of fact, I talked to Jesse yesterday because uh, we were talking to Jesse about where Jackal's actually going to stay. Uh, and I uh, got some friends up there that have some houses on Lake Nokomis. So we were talking about where they're actually going to stay. So uh, anyway, uh, long story short, they're going to be playing up at uh, Gangster's Park. Going to be fun. Going to be fun. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, do it. I uh, got some more news, by the way. Uh, what is being reported, Kyler Murray signing the contract extension, five years, $230.5 million for Kyler Murray. That includes $160 million guaranteed. Makes Kyler Murray the second highest-paid quarterback per year in the National Football League. That is stupid. I, It is unbelievably stupid. I Make me eat my words, but Kyler Murray has yet to put together a full season. He's got all the talent in the world. I agree with that. And you're paying him on potential. But that is unbelievably stupid. Ben, do you see Kyler Murray living up to that contract? Nope, not at all. And no. the two quarterbacks now that are guaranteed the most money in the NFL, Kyler Murray, who just signed, and Deshaun Watson. I think and it is Deshaun safe to Watson. say neither of them will. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous money. On one hand... You 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 want to see potential be realized. I think Kyler Murray, a more likable guy, even though he's been a bit of a petulant whiner, a more likable guy, a guy with a lot of upside, good franchise, all that kind of stuff. You look at it that way and you go, okay, they're putting their money where their mouth is. Cliff Kingsbury's trying to kind of mold him into the quarterback that everybody believes he can be. Okay, you can kind of root for that in one, on one hand. On the other hand, you hope as a fan, to see some of the money being thrown around to some of these quarterbacks who have not proven themselves, you hope these franchises are saddled with that albatross of a contract and poor performances from here on out, I, especially the Cleveland Browns. They fell on their damn heads 
when they signed Deshaun Watson to that stupid contract. But Kyler Murray, $230.5 million, $160 million of it guaranteed, $46.1 million per year. The absolute dumbest. And maybe he wins him a world, world championship. I don't know. Maybe a Super Bowl is in their offing. But right now, for a guy that cannot put a full season together, one of the dumbest things you could possibly do. I just, it's beyond belief to me that they make that they make these deals. I, I just, it, it's, it's, I don't know. Look, fans want to see you see franchises invest in the future. You got to pay the man. He's our best shot at winning, and and you get it. But for unproven commodities, you know, I mean, I, just stupid money. Stupid, stupid money. Crazy. He now leads the NFL, or second in guaranteed money. He still leads the NFL, though, in moping on the sideline when it starts oh, to go bad. very much. Very much. Very much so. Very much so. Um, what is the Charles Barkley saga? Is, is, uh, is he meeting with Greg Norman? Is that what you're sending me? Yes, indeed. Little birdies are out there. Charles okay. Barkley meeting with Liv King Greg Norman and Andrew Marshan, New York Post media sports reporter, says news. Charles Barkley told the Post that he will play in the next to live event during the Pro-Am portion and expects an offer soon. That is depressing, too. It is. I guess because now it's... Means- it's starting to bleed into other sports where I've been pretty depressed about this for months. Once it starts to bleed into the fact he might not do NBA coverage anymore, right. then everyone else will realize, oh, yeah, this is horrible for the world of sports, what is going on. Right. Because not only do you lose his very open style of candor when it comes to the NBA, you lose the banter and such between him and Shaq. It loses a piece of personality for the NBA coverage on TNT and TBS. Um, But now it also, uh, in my opinion, diminishes even any credit. And again, I'm not knocking Charles Barkley because I think he's unbelievable on the NBA and TNT. But why would you bring Charles Barkley, other than the caricature that he is, into the golf world? This just says they're going after any personality to just bring any type of eye to the live tournament and the live tour. The credibility, credibility be damned. Just throw it out the window. You're just bringing a guy along to make funny quips, to give you some kind of off-the-cuff analysis, and you're hoping just to throw anything against the wall via name to to make it stick. And, and it, it just, I. I get it. I Look, Charles Barkley, he said it time and again that uh, he wishes he was born in a later era so he could have made more money because he didn't make the money that he felt he was worth. So this is his opportunity, and I don't begrudge him that. But you're right that this is leaking into another area of sport because of the Live Tour and that, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're pilfering other areas now. So anyway, 
Well, I, I think you just pressure. nailed it. They've never had legitimacy. They've never been going for legitimacy. They've just been going so people talk about them. That's the entire purpose of the money behind this entire thing. This is not a right. business investment. They're not trying to make a good golf product. They're just trying to draw eyes and better the view of where the money's come from. And, and mm-hmm. that's it. Charles Barkley is a perfect example of what they're all about. Right. I'm sad no, 100% today, Bill. Agree. It sucks. Yeah. To lose Charles Barkley on the NBA uh, on TNT is is somewhat depressing. But it looks like we're heading in that direction, too. Okay, on that note, uh, we will give you the update as to where we're at on the poll question, which basically asks, what are the Brewers closer to being World Series contenders or out of the playoffs? It's our uh, Twitter question that's going on right now. Uh, we're going to be uh, get back into that. We'll give you the update there. Got a lot more to come. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Continues on. I was telling you over the weekend, uh, went to a, a place uh, downtown Waukesha, and uh, it is a, uh, a really cool winery uh, type of place, uh, a wine shop, if you will. It's called Spring City Wine House, which was tremendous. It was a really cool place. But I got into the discussion. I'm like, have you tried Wisconsin wines, specifically Forgotten Fire? And they didn't know the story. So I actually hooked the two owners up, and I'm hoping that they start carrying some Forgotten Fire wines. I was talking about this yesterday, or, uh, two days ago on the program, and I actually had somebody that got a hold of me, sent me a nice email saying that they, they live in Waukesha. They, too, would love to see Forgotten Fire down at Spring City because they have tried it. Uh, they tried uh, the Merlot from Forgotten Fire Winery. Uh, they were Merlot, her and her husband are Merlot fans. And said they absolutely loved it. Uh, really, really good wine. And said, uh, we didn't know that this could be made here in the state of Wisconsin. I said, I told you. Um, and they've won some awards with some of their wines that beat the Napa Valley wine. So uh, Forgotten Fire, I mean, as much as it's, like they said, a, kind of a party in a bottle. It's fun in a bottle. That's what they really like to, to, to express. It's also really good and award-winning. So depending on what side of the fence you fall upon, whether you're the pinky out, snooty, sophisticated type, or... You just like something good to drink. A Forgotten Fire Winery right here in Wisconsin. Peshtigo, Wisconsin, as a matter of fact. ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com. And the word is spreading. They're getting into more and more areas, more and more bars and restaurants, more and more venues, liquor stores, grocery stores. I know Woodman's carries them. Woodman's uh, has had them for a while now and carries all different types. Uh, But they come out with different blends and different types all the time. And if you want to go to the winery itself, maybe check out some of the music on the weekends and such. Uh, check it out in Peshtigo. ForgottenFireWinery.com. And now, as we had mentioned earlier this week, they now have the Bill Michaels. Whatever the special happens to be, ask for it by name, and you get a discount. Yeah, 
you get a discount. They got some specials going on inside the winery. So if you're going to stop by up in Pestigo, go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. But when you walk through the door, you say, hey, Jake, where's Jake? Jake, Chris, or Melissa, the three, you know, Chris and Melissa, the owners. Jake is the winemaker. Ask for one of them. Say, hey, Bill Michael special, and they'll give you the nod, and you'll go, ah, okay. There we go. Now we got it. Good stuff. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com. So good, good stuff. So uh, getting back to it, the uh, the poll question of the day, you can find it over on Twitter. Where are the Brewers? What are the Brewers closer to being? World Series contenders out of the playoffs. One of the two. 78.6 of you are saying out of the playoffs. It continues to grow as more and more pessimism tends to leak in to the poll question. 271 votes in just uh, a couple of minutes over an hour. We've garnered 271 votes in just a little more than an hour. Keep chiming in if you haven't already over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. So there you go. Uh, Rich says, uh, hey, Bill, saw you last night at the Bud Pavilion. Your exit was where I was working. Oh, okay. Good stuff. Now, when you say the exit, Rich, was that uh, by when we were walking out the gate? Or the one I was uh, on the Harley riding out through the uh, gate down there by the Tommy Thompson Pavilion. One of the two. But nevertheless, good to see you there last night. Should have said hi. Should have came over and said hi. Uh, Evan hits us up over on Twitter says, good Lord, y'all. Y'all, by the way. Y'all. Getting a little southern. Uh, We quite literally just need to make a few moves at the deadline. Trust me. As someone whose sports teams pretty much just lose, I can tell you, that the Brewers are fine. We need a chillax here. Chillax. Evan believes the Brewers are just a couple of players away from being a World Series contender. Uh, Team Slinky says, if if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, right? And if we had a Devin Williams, we would have won, and we would face the Braves uh, in round one, either to be the Cards or the Giants, all at home, we're fine. Think about that. People saying out of the playoffs don't know baseball. They'll most likely win the division. But maybe. Uh, it, but if not, they will get a wild card spot. Sean says if they make the playoffs, they are World Series contenders. And then the argument ensues about whether or not they have enough hitting to actually get the job done. There you go. Uh, Ryan, on the other hand, says with this offense, no chance. No chance. See, that's what it comes down to. It's not whether or not you believe they've got enough pitching to get you over the top. It's whether or not you believe they have enough offense to be consistent to put you into a World Series. I I, I go back to our discussion a little bit earlier when you started talking about uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, statistically speaking. And when you start and, – and I know, you know – from new school versus old school, the argument ensues the minute you bring up batting average, okay? Oh, my God, I can't believe you're bringing that up. Well, Andrew McCutcheon is your best hitter, batting average, at 255. 255. Jace Peterson, 252. Christian Yelich, 251. You're paying him to be 275, 280 or better, right? Alex Jackson, 250. Five games played on the season. Victor Caratini's 244. Hunter Renfro, 59 games into the season, 243. Keston Hira up and down, 238, 237. Jonathan Davis, 
Narvaez, 236, and it goes down from there, including Rowdy Telez, 227, Willie Adamas, 220, Severino, 214. You go on from there. Your best hitter, OPS-wise, Keston Hura sitting at 805, Mike Brousseau, 827, and it goes down from there. You have nobody at 9 or better. You have nobody at 830 or better. So as much as I want to believe, I want to be right there with you to say, you know what, they're World Series contenders, here we go. You don't have any consistency right now. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. A lot more to get to. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.